Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Where to hunt podcast. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Hi, I'm Dan Small, host of Outdoor Wisconsin, and I listen to Where to Hunt. Nah, it's okay. I'm Kurt Geyer with Working Class Bow Hunter. I listen to Where to Hunt podcast, and it's decent. It's all right. Hey, this is Bud Fisher with Catching Deers, and I think the Where to Hunt podcast is all right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast. I'm Eric. Greg here. And this is, uh, shit, episode 134, question mark, 33? I don't know. Uh, One of those numbers. And uh, this is the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts, a.k.a. the OKS podcast in the Midwest. Coming at you from the OKS Hunter podcast Podcast studio. Studio. Boom! That's a big announcement. (laughs) Head on over to OKSHunter.com and enter in code W, the number two, the letter H, podcast. Sorry, my voice is all jacked up from the run I went on. And uh, you'll get 10% off your order. Jacked up. Were you screaming at yourself to motivate your way I down do the street? I do that, actually. Wow. <laughs> Let's not talk about it yet. Uh, and just for the record, OKSHunter.com, they give back to conservation, and that's validated through the organization 2% for conservation. So if you want to, you know, poke fun at some of the serious hunters, if they're taking it way too seriously, and uh, have some fun and hunt for memories and uh, never pass on that shooter buck... Then, then this is a store for you. Got to go over there. At least check it out. The blog articles are pretty funny. Yes, they are. Or the. There's another one that's going to get published soon. Anyway, um, that's a big announcement. And uh, yeah, our regular sponsors, our regular sponsors. The one we're going to call out is uh, Gumleaf USA to start things off. I, we've been talking about their boots for a long time. They are 85% natural rubber. Out of England, you are right. Yes. I had to look it up. I'm so geographically challenged, it's not even funny. Wow. Um, so if we go on a backcountry hunt, you're pretty much screwed if I'm I leave you like alone. I'm only challenged with like weird maps oh, like geez. that, like of our country. It, well, it's going to be a weird map for you because you've never been there. Well, yeah, I Wherever know we're, we're on a compass. But, uh, you know, great products, um, handmade from scratch. The, the Vibram soles are nice. I, look, I talk about these boots every single episode. We both do. If you haven't checked those guys out yet and bought their boots, then I'm not sure what the heck is going on. If you need a pair for all year long, including deer hunting, then go over there and check them out. And then save some money on their boots by entering in code W2H2020, and you're going to get 10% off. And Greg does our vector read because he's the shit. Yeah. So I know you're shooting vector custom shop arrows. I'm shooting custom shop arrows as well. The arrow's built to your spec. So if you're a guy that likes to tinker around with stuff but not tinker around too much, you know about what you need for weight up front and how you want it built and what spine you require, um, head on over to VectorCustomShop.com. 
and you can order arrows to your spec. Uh, they're a thick-walled, heavy carbon arrow. Uh, they rock the ethics outsert insert system up front. Uh, you can weight them 45 to 175 grains in the nose and uh, pretty much shoot them right out of the box or ready to go. Because they're built to your specs. Because they're built to your specs. You've got to go to the archery shop. And if you screw it up, it's only yourself to blame. <laughs> Which you've done. It's happened. <laughs> you can get them in a test pack, which is two different arrows. You can get a half dozen or a dozen. Um, you want a discount, uh, use code WHERE, the number two hunt, and that'll give you 10% off over at VectorCustomShop.com. I'd say that's a good addery. I tried. Did you catch some gills over the weekend? Just a few. Did you eat them? No. Uh, well, you fried some some yeah, I did. We took eight home. Uh, threw back all the nine to ten inchers, which was a pretty good handful. They were fun. They were a blast. They hadn't spawned yet, so I'd like to see those fish go back in the lake so I can maybe catch a few more next year. So maybe if I caught 12, I can catch 14 or 15 next year. I don't oh, know. Rock on. That's good. I uh, got myself a nice smallmouth uh, up in the UP. Smallmouth and a sturgeon? I didn't catch a sturgeon. Uh, my oh. brother-in-law did, but it was cool. It was like a freaking dinosaur. I was like, how do you hold a sturgeon? I've never caught one before. <laughs> pretty pokey little dinosaur fish. Nope, they got some pretty sharp, uh, sharp Yeah, it was kind of like, God, can't you just grab it or not? Like, and it was kind of sketch. Careful. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, it was it was cool to see one of those things. Um, even for a small fish, it was a big fish, you yeah. know? Got all that head. <laughs> <laughs> you still talking about your fish? Yeah, I don't know. Wake up and smell the coffee. Backwoods grind coffee, that is. Now this ain't your fancy schmancy city boy coffee. This is what your grandpappy used to drink. And lucky enough for you loaf around slack asses, they got a subscription service. Deliver any other six blends right to your door. Even a sampler. I like the fireside blend. Nice and dark. But they got something to suit every one of your tastes, light to dark and everything in between. Backwoods Grind Coffee, for those who work hard and play harder. All right, if you want to try a sampler pack or just go all in on the fireside or camp house blend from Backwoods Grind, head on over to backwoodsgrind.com, enter in code W2HPODCAST for 10% off. We like to give you these guys these codes. To save money, we don't get a kickback. It's just a way for those guys to know that we sent you, and it's a way for you to save some cash. All right, so we got to welcome our guests on the show today with us on the line. We have uh, John and Levi with Poland Feathers. Fellas, what's up? How's it going, man? What's up, guys? Howdy. We know you guys are throwing back some brews. Hey, only the best. Bush lattes and Coors Light. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What was that video I shared to you guys? I think I shared it right, or something like that. Uh, you guys cracking open a beer with the turkey spur? Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was kind of a... a that little, was shotgunning uh, a beer with a turkey falling. spur. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. They shotgun the turkey, we're, we're then shotgun the beer. little trend that we saw. And uh, John... Uh, JD here just got back from South Dakota. He had a really hard foot fought uh, turkey hunt, and uh, he rolled in right as he came into town. And 
uh, I told him, I was like, we got to do a shotgun uh, turkey spur. So uh, <laughs> my wife recorded us and uh, we uh, took the spur from each leg and, and uh, punched our beers and did a shotgun. So I sprayed beer all over him, as you could tell. <laughs> that's was pretty funny. great. It was. <laughs> that's, what, that's what made the video awesome. Just the freaking sheer yeah. laughter coming out after that. That's how you're having a good time. He we- enjoyed it. <laughs> it's that goofy type of camaraderie, man. Greg and I were in the in uh, on the public woods last November, gun hunting, and this goofball swinging from a freaking tree vine that's like eighty feet tall. <laughs> Still a kid at heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, that's freaking awesome, guys. Tell us about yourselves. Uh, you can fight over who goes first, but you know where are you from? Who are you? What do you like to hunt? Public, private, etc. Just uh, go ahead and unpack that one. Um, I'm Levi Carey. Um, I was born and raised here in what we call the Bighorn Basin up here in Wyoming. Uh, we're just outside of Yellowstone. Um, I, I've been hunting since I could over here in Wyoming. It's uh, You can start at 12 years old. Uh, so, I, I mean, my first year hunting, I, I killed my, uh, my first cow elk. I shot that thing at a little further than I think most people should shoot. And that's at uh, 498 yards. Um, and then, uh, after that, I mean, I, I chased elk, I chased deer. Um, and recently over the past, uh, this will be my fourth season. I got into waterfowl hunting and that's kind of what our, our little podcast is about. But, um, so I've, I've got some decent experience in, uh, in backcountry hunting and, uh, and I love it. Um, I love the fact that my dad brought me into the sport. So, uh, JD, a little bit about yourself, I guess. Hey, what's up, y'all? Uh, my name is John David Henderson. My buddies call me JD. I'm originally from Alabama, so uh, I've been out here in Wyoming for a couple years now, and I'm very blessed to be here. It's an incredible place. Um, I grew up uh, hunting in Alabama and Tennessee. My granddad's farm was in Tennessee, and I probably started hunting uh, younger than the law will allow. My granddaddy didn't really <laughs> run by the law, so he had me out there in the old wooden tree stand, uh, probably at like, I don't know, eight or nine years old. And uh, so I grew up uh, deer hunting, turkey hunting, squirrel hunting, you know, everything, you know, that we could hunt, you know, everything that was in, anything that was in season. But uh, I enjoy today anything that, that I, I can get after, you know, anything that's in season, I want to hunt it. And uh, now that I'm out west, you know, I, I really enjoy elk hunting, mule deer hunting, antelope. Uh, but, you know, I've just always loved and enjoyed being in the, in the, in the woods and, and on the water. So uh, I'm just blessed to be able to do what we get to do, and uh, I hope to continue on and, and do it my whole life. So sure. I'm excited. But being able to be here with Levi, you know, getting to uh, chase ducks and geese, and, you know, you know, we chase turkeys like, like nobody's business. So we uh, we enjoy all of it from top to bottom. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's a little bit like myself. <laughs> Variety is the spice of life, so go out and enjoy it all. It's I mean, it's easy to get – super focused on you know like we're we're super focused on deer at least we we try to be but i i have other buddies that duck hunt and you know plus i fish and there's so many different things to pursue and i enjoy all of them i really do how did you get from you said alabama to wyoming how did that transition happen uh man it's you know it just kind of happened for me i was i grew up wrestling i was a, a high school wrestler and and my senior year, I got an opportunity to come out here and wrestle for the local college uh, at Northwest Wyoming. And 
uh, once I got out here, you know, I, I, I got to see the place. And, and I, as soon as I got here, I had a, a special feeling about it. And my dad knew on our first visit here to see the college, he kind of could tell I wasn't ever going to leave, you know, <laughs> once I got here. So, uh, I just, I got here and I, and I was wrestling and going to school and, and I was always, you know, down at the river or where I could be and kill ducks, pheasants, whatever. And, and, uh, I just couldn't leave this place. So I stayed and, uh, man, I, I'm so glad that I got the opportunity to come here. So I, I love it. And I, it's going to be hard for me to leave. You'll never leave. I don't I'm know. Say, I'm when are you going to leave? <laughs> <laughs> Have you told yourself I, that yet? I, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm stuck here. They got me kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> And Levi, did you grow up there your whole life, or did you transplant from somewhere else? Or no, I grew up here my whole life. Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, what fourth generation uh, Wyomingite. Um, my uh, great grandparents came over here from uh, Germany and stuff, and that's where they they ended up putting roots. Is, was down over here. So um, ever since then, I we've been we've been kind of doing what we do over here in Wyoming. So that's awesome. That's great. What a great place to grow up and a great place to end up. I mean, the yeah, pictures I mean, look beautiful, I mean, right? Oh yeah. I'm never I don't think I'll ever see myself leaving. I, I just love the area so much, everything it has to offer. I mean, you can't beat the scenery, the 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 game that we have around here, all that stuff is is just fantastic and and it's a great place to raise a family. That's cool. That's super cool. So like what, I know you guys got your podcast and that's a little bit more about, you know, uh, waterfowl and this and that. What, we're here to talk a little bit more about the backcountry side of things. Uh, Greg, I think you've done some waterfowl yeah. hunting and oh yeah, um, and our buddy Tyler does and I have a bunch of buddies that duck hunt and et cetera, but it's not something I've really got into. I'm more of a, of a big game guy just because yeah. that's what I was taught. Yeah. Yeah, I've done my share of it. Um, I actually kind of hung up deer hunting for a while. And my buddy got me into it, so we started layout hunting for geese. Uh, we can hunt the mm-hmm. early season here in September. We're allowed five a day. So we'd go out and, you know, we didn't have layout blinds or any of that. We'd just cover up with burlap or hide in the fence line and lay down and just keep super super quiet and super still and wait for them to come coasting over, and then we'd jump up and just bust them. So it was, we had a lot of fun and a lot of laughs, you know, pretty funny watching your buddy, one buddy who's the only guy that has a layout blind and he falls asleep and we zip tie him into his blind and then we have a bunch of geese fly over (laughs) and then we shoot, shoot at the geese and he's, he's hung up in his blind cursing and swearing. He gets his gun out. I shot one above him and it came right down and landed in his lap. It, oh knocked, it just about knocked the wind right out of him. <laughs> I got called so many different curse words. It was, it was hilarious. It was a great memory. So, but yeah, we were doing it over. Yeah. We were doing it over silhouette decoys. We were broke, you know, we didn't have the nice full body decoys, fully flocked full bodies. So yeah, those things aren't cheap, man. No, you gotta have a lot of them. No, and I, too. I did. I broke down and I bought a spread, and then I I got out of it and I sold the spread and, and most of my gear. So, but and then Why went on to do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. I moved uh, and I quit leasing the property. It was an excellent property. It was right off the river and outside of town, so we get all the the town geese that come out. So it was, it was fun hunting. A lot of birds. Yeah. Well, we'll have to get both uh, 
you and Eric out here and uh, give you guys a taste of shooting some geese and ducks below these mountains. So, but uh, that'd be sweet. I'm, I'm sure you guys kind of want to get back into the backcountry stuff. Yeah, I'm, we're down for just about anything. Oh yeah, I mean, what like mule deer, elk, like wh- whitetail, black, like what are you guys hunting out there? I know we kind of wanted to steer it towards elk because we're trying to do something like an elk hunt in 2021, but walk us through it a little bit. Like what, what's your approach? You're in public land. Like how do you go through that stuff? What are uh, drawing tags like? And it, you know, how do you go about it where you're at? So, I mean, we, I, I, we hunt like the three main uh, big game species over here. And, and that's, that's elk, mule deer, typically, um, and, and antelope. So, uh, or pronghorn. Uh, if you want to be a little bit more correct, I guess. But um, so we just got done putting in for that on, on the uh, the first. And, and what uh, type so of tool do you use to put in for that? Are, are you doing that through like the DNR website or like, are you doing like some third party app or how, how are you doing that? So that's through our game and fish, the Wyoming game and fish website. Um, you, you put in for a, a special drop permit basically. And, and that's where you're hoping for a better trophy area versus just going for a general or an over-the-counter area. And uh, so you kind of scope out your areas or, or in, over here we call them areas instead of uh, units, I think is what everybody else calls it. Sure. So um, we, we scope out what, what number of unit or area that we want to be in. And you, you look at your quotas, you look at your type. So, you know, rifle, um, you know, your, your male or female, you know, all that stuff. And then, and then you put in for it and you can do an individual or you can party together, um, with your hunting group and, and go from there. So, um, like kind of JD and I kind of split up here this year and, uh, JD's putting in with a different party and my father and I, are are putting in for an archery elk tag this year um it'll be my first year archery hunting period so that's going to be a new feat um but we're we're really super familiar with the area that we're putting in for or the unit that we're putting in for and uh it'll be awesome it'll be it's it's great to chase bugling elk you know in the rut and i mean you've never experienced anything like it when you've got bulls bugling you know, even, even a hundred yards away, it's thudding through your chest. I, I, you can't, I can't explain it. Somebody just has to experience it. So you're never going to stop doing that. (laughs) What's that? You're never going to stop doing that ever. (laughs) Someone take me to the fucking mountain. (laughs) Give me like 90. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Yeah. You know, uh, my, my grandpa, his, his last year of, uh, elk hunting, he was, uh, he was 65 and we, <laughs> I was working in a bentonite plant over here and I had borrowed a, uh, a big harness and <laughs> I ended up rigging my grandpa up in this harness and we suspended him from a meat pole <laughs> to, to let him down on the horse so that we could go, uh, we could go elk hunting. Holy so it, it was it was awesome. I think there's oh. a passion there. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. doubt. And you've had success though too, right? Um, you've you've been chasing, but you you've tagged and uh, you know doing it on on public land like that. 
in open spaces. Have you done it with bow or gun or both? Do you have a preference there? Um, I mean, myself, uh, I've done everything rifle. That's what I've grown up using. Um, and uh, I, I haven't ever tried really archery, uh, but that's what we're doing this year. JD, I mean, you've done archery deer down in Alabama and stuff like that, but yeah. you, you got your elk last year uh, with a rifle. Yep. Yep. Did quite a bit of bow hunting back home in Alabama and Tennessee. And uh, when I come out here, you know, I, like I told myself this year, is my first year as a resident and the first year I put in for tags. So I told myself I was going to shoot everything with the rifle this year and my old trusty 270 Marlin bolt action. You know, I, I figured I'd, I'd run through all these animals with that. And then, uh, you know, eventually, you know, I want to kill a, an elk with a bow, uh, possibly this year, maybe an antelope, you know, whatever I can get a chance at. But uh, I always got the rifle in the back pocket just in case, <laughs> you know, if, it, if, it's, if it's feasible. But, uh, no, I mean, for, for a guy coming from Alabama, you know, hunting out of a tree stand my whole entire life and then uh, getting to hunt out here in these uh, spot and stalk scenarios, you know, and getting to the, to the highest point in the mountain and, uh, and, and ended up killing an elk, you know, at 10,000, 12,000 feet, you know, it's, it's something special. And I think every hunter needs to experience uh, a Western hunt, you know, whether it's a high country elk hunt, high country mule deer hunt, or hell, even, a, you know, a flat, sagebrush flat antelope hunt. Come out here. I mean, it's, it's something that you'll, you'll remember forever. That's wild. Um, how, like, how do you, as someone that's hunted out of their stand most of their life and then transitioned over there, like, are you guys pretty physically jacked and fit or, you know, are you lugging around that, that six pack, so to speak, and it's all good and, and you're able to make do? Like, what type of, like, I just went for a two and a half mile run today and it's like 90 degrees and humid and I'm like in terrible shape. But I'm doing it now, so in 2021, I'll be you know, in better shape if I'm consistent about it. And I'm just trying to think, like, how much is that a variable for you guys in terms of, A, the success and just maybe even, like, the enjoyability of it, too? If you're just sucking wind the whole time, you're like, this is terrible. Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in these elevations. So, I mean, uh, at my, my grand age of, of 30 years old, I'm not in the fittest shape. And... I'll say even at 65 years old, my grandfather wasn't in in the greatest shape, but we're, we're also acclimated to the elevation. Um, so, I mean, that being said, we also use horses. So, so that helps out quite a bit. How do you get your hands on horses? Um, Are you outfitting those? What's that? Do you guys have horses or you like, do you know somebody? I, I have horses. Uh, we went from, uh, eight horses and now we're down to three which we're, we're uh currently uh buying some more but i mean that's that's how i grew up hunting was was horseback hunting uh you'd kind of spot the game and then you you know you'd tie your horses up and then make your stocks in there so i mean that greatly helps and improves you know your stamina and everything like that you know where our main hunting spot that we we pushed for elk anyway uh it, it was a, it's a four hour horse ride in from the trailhead. So, I mean, I don't think I'd really want to take that in on foot. No. And, and like are four wheelers permitted, obviously that's nowhere near as stealthy as a horse, but I'm just curious. Like I, I know so little here. I'm fascinated right now. We're going to get into no, this horse no, stuff no. pretty quick. No, you're fine. Uh, so, so 
so where where I'm mainly pushing in at uh, is 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 true backcountry stuff. So so far in, you're allowed in the Forest Service to take motorized vehicles. Once you hit the wilderness border, you are no allowed no longer allowed to have anything motorized, a chainsaw, anything. Oh wow! So we're hunting in the actual wilderness. So it's it's if it lives and breathes, that's how you're getting in there or your own feet, you know? So, um, that, that's, that's where we push into, uh, and, uh, that, and also where we're in as well is it, their horse trails or foot trails. So you're not allowed to take anything, even a motorized bike, you know, like those quiet cats or whatever, you, you cannot take those in. Interesting. Cause those are like electric, you know, how would you, it's not like it's, you know, there's no emission, right? Yeah, but they still see it as a motorized yep. vehicle. Mm-hmm. And it's still... That's it's, why everybody, all the outfitters and stuff live and die by horse, horses. You know, they got horse, um, you know, horses and donkeys and, you know... Mules. Llamas. Llamas. Llamas <laughs> are a big thing here. Yeah. You know, and they, they get them in the backcountry as far as they can go. Um, How are I'll you... be honest with you, you know, I'm not trying to tour anybody from from backcountry hunting but it's fucking hard <laughs> I'm gonna tell you no up. shit i'll be completely honest with you uh, a guy from alabama coming out here and and i've been on two elk hunts now and both of the elk hunts i've been on have been i'm telling you in the most remote backcountry you can get into you know and and it is it is unreal well you're going up a cliff face that's called the catwalk for one yeah uh, i mean that and I'll be, I'll tell you, I mean, we, we do have, me and a buddy, uh, his name's Kyle Holworth, uh, we take, past few years, we've been up in this area, and it's a general area. For a resident, you can buy this tag over the counter for $60, and uh, and you can go and, and hunt your elk. Well, we take two horses, pack horses, and uh, we, we walk, we hike in, and so the horses pack our camp in, and they help us pack the elk out off the mountain. So, you know, long story short, where we're going is about, it can eight between eight and ten miles. You know, who knows what the weather's like between you know the lowlands and, and the highest ridge up there. It can be you know completely night and day. It can be completely different. Yeah. You know, so you're fighting weather, you're fighting incline, fucking mud, whatever else there is. You know, there's switchbacks south to ass, and and you're just. I mean, if you're gonna go to the backcountry and hunt, I'm. If you're running, if you're just doing regular jogs, man, 2021, you better be. <laughs> hit some inclines between yeah. now and then running and, and just work 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 your ass off. <laughs> if you can get on a tread climber that's that'd be my biggest uh my biggest recommendation sounds like i guys. might need to get on a horse you know, no you get on a tread climber and you wear two of your covid19 masks so you can <laughs> experience the uh thin air holy crap yeah 100 percent Dude, we're looking out for you. We're hoping that you can, <laughs> so you can take ass up that mountain and, and go kill an elk. Yeah, I'm like my cousin that like uh, looked out for me and was like, you know, I went to Key West and she's like, this is the bar. I was young and single and uh, you got to go to this bar, Eric. This is the bar. You got to go there. Me and my brother like, oh, sweet. We're totally going to that bar tonight. We go in there. It was a drag queen bar. She totally duped us. She's like, hey, what'd you think of that one bar? I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I was like, I think that girl's got an Adam's apple. <laughs> you want to buy me a drink? That's, that's no, no, I don't. 
No, I didn't, dude, I want to talk about these horses for a second. Like, what about predation in a horse? Like, how are you, what's your comfort level with that? Yeah, like, you got to be, it sounds to me like you're grizz country there. If you're close to, uh, oh, yeah. You're close to Yellowstone. Hey, bear. Uh, hey, bear. Hey, bear. Yeah. Right? What do you, how do you, obviously, you're, you're bang, packing, bang, bear. Yeah, bang, you're, bang. you're packing a sidearm and, and some bear spray. Yeah, I mean, the best bear spray is lead in my mind, but, um, <laughs> That's neither here nor there. Uh, I mean, I've, I've been on uh, just I've been on hunts where I've woken up in the middle of the night and there's literally a bear sniffing my head through the tent. <laughs> so I mean, you talk about shrivel up in the middle of your sleeping Leaving bag. Leaving a duke in and, your bag. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh man, it, it, it's it's something wild up here, and, and it, especially after the introduction of wolves, that had that had another total spectrum on things but but in just bear reference itself i mean you you, you just have to be perfect prepared for it um uh, so so like with the horses are you really concerned tough. that the bears are going to get like is a horse going to be able to defend itself tied up to a tree while you're you know on a on a spot and stock or like well most of the time yeah i mean horses can either kick i mean they'll they'll just kick and mule kick their their hearts content out and, and they'll be pretty good. And, and most of the time, if it comes down to it, they'll, they'll most likely be able to break loose if they really have to from that tree that you got them tied to. It's a loose they'll tie. break the rope or they'll tear down the tree itself. But um, I've never heard of anybody actually having a, a bear try and attack their horse per se. It's more when you surprise the bear that you got to really worry about, or say you shoot an animal and you, you're packing. You just off rung the dinner bell, and then you go back. What's that? You just rung the dinner bell by you know blasting one off and killing something, right? All right. Before we hear more about horses and bears, it's time to get into the shot of the week. All right, the shot of the week is brought to you by Vector Custom Shop. Please head on over to VectorCustomShop.com. There's a lot of folks in the hunting space uh, using their products, and they are all raving fans. And once you get your hands on these things, you're going to understand why. And it's pretty easy to get your hands on them because they offer a two-pack sampler pack. Uh, they will build these arrows to your specs. So depending on what bow you shoot, what your draw length is, your weight, what you hunt, your style of hunting, everything, and probably a really good conversation with some good guys here out of Wisconsin, um, you're going to love what you end up getting. And it's going to put a punch behind your behind your shot. So, um, And that's not really doing it any justice. But go on over to VectorCustomShop.com, enter in code where the number two, the word hunt, and you're going to get 10% off. Let's hear from our shot of the week uh, story this week coming from John David, a.k.a. J.D., from one of our guests today, uh, Pulling Feathers. Hey, so Georgia <laughs> Georgia bow hunting on whitetails. Shot three does probably in 30 seconds with my, my Mission Craze uh, bow. One after another come through. They didn't see it coming. All three dead and in the freezer. Get the grease hot. How did you do it? What happened? Um, you like Robin? So it's funny because in Georgia you can you can there's a lot of neighborhoods that have woods around them, right? So I come into this neighborhood. A lady had a few acres, 
and a, a big patch of woods and uh, she let me hunt. So I hung my tree stand in there. I took a climber in there and, uh, and every evening after work, I'd go in there and hunt because hell, Georgia, Alabama, you can kill, you know, a doe a day, you know, or, or you know, can kill three bucks a year. And uh, so, you know, I'd always hunt with my bow in there because it's the neighborhood. And uh, there's always be, you know, 15, 20 does that would come through. So one evening I decided that I'd shoot as many does as I could, you know, just to fill the freezer. It was getting towards the end of the season. So here comes old nanny doe right, you know, front of the uh, herd. And uh, so I smoke her and then, you know, a few deer come through. And the next ones decide to end up, you know, hanging out for a little bit. And I, sh- I shoot two more, you know, and, and they don't really even understand what's going on. And uh, so I ended up recovering all three deer and uh, put them in the freezer. And it was one of those things where it was, I was by myself. So I had a, a lot of work ahead of myself, but uh, I was excited. It was one of those things. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, you ate good that year. Well, oh, I ate real good that year. Uh, and I mean, living down South compared to, you know, Wyoming, it's just, you know, I was able to kill a lot of deer. So in that one evening, you know, I took what I could and went ahead and, and made up for some, for, for some lost hunts that I had and uh and, and put some meat in the freezer so that's my my shot of the week boom all right let's get back into it yeah exactly and and you know uh there's good bears and there's bad bears too in in that respect um i i've i've encountered this uh this bear that we have in our area that uh is a is a good bear and he'll you'll ride up behind him on the, the horse trail or walk up behind him on the horse trail. He'll look back, he'll veer off the trail, you know, 50 yards, you'll ride past him. And this thing's just huge. And, uh, he'll come in behind you and then you shoot an elk and he'll sit up on the hill and watch you clean the elk out and go in for the, for the carcass later and get what he can get off of it. But, there's other bears that'll try and fight you for that carcass. And that's more what you have to worry about rather than like your horses, uh, being, uh, chased by elk. Is there a certain time of year where that's going to be more of a concern where the bear might be a little bit more famine and just want to claim stake to that or. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been in the experience where I've had to fight a bear for a carcass and it wasn't, wasn't very fun. I've seen grown men, climb a tree without any limbs on it you know because that bear was was fighting us and chasing us for that for that carcass my so. man, my old neighbor when i was living in an apartment and single before wife and kids in house he got his trailer so he had a four-wheeler there packing an elk out or a moose out of alaska and the bear was running mm-hmm. alongside and like ransacked the freaking trailer which flipped the atv or the four-wheeler and he broke his freaking leg and he's on like crutches for like a pretty long time. And he's an old dude. <laughs> and he's like, Oh yeah, bear ran me off the trail and tumbled me down the mountainside a little bit. I'm like, what? What? Yeah, it was Alaska. Just totally casually nonchalant about it. I should probably get him on the podcast. His name's Nile. He's a badass. He used to work at Dick Smith's animal that right. shouldn't be uh taken for granted. Uh mm-hmm. on that two thousand and five hunt, I think I shared some pictures to you guys about um my uncle had shot an eight by nine bull that ended up scoring 398 wow um shot him down in this hole yeah i mean an absolute pig um shot him down in this hole anyway we'll get into that story later but what ended up happening is we had to go in the day later um to to 
get the bull out, pack the meat out, the horns and all that. Well, even in mid, well, late November, even in late November, that elk, that uh, bear hadn't gone to hibernate yet and had claimed that carcass. And we went down and in on that carcass to try and retrieve everything out and, you know, get what meat we could out of it. And of course the horns and uh, that bear chased us off through got two guys up in the trees, basically by running them off. And uh, that bear had taken those, that that whole head and then the frozen ground had sunk it in up to its thirds wow. so i mean what three and a half plus feet into the frozen ground it had, it had sunk those horns in there and then it made a big pile on the carcass and laid on top of it and pissed and pooped and shit on that carcass and was laying on it i mean that's how they claim it so i mean they're they're remarkably strong animals it, it is nuts so do you bear hunt too you you cannot hunt grizzly Protected. bears um but oh I, in that I, area yeah i've tried what's that sorry i was in the yellowstone now you're right you can't hunt them there you're not hunting no you're not it, hunting grizzlies it, it, in the lower 48 it, you gotta go to alaska uh, in the lower 48 you cannot hunt grizzly bears at all right now um you were allowed to last what last year or two years ago yeah and and a judge uh, a federal judge threw it ruled out. it yeah unconstitutional or whatever so yeah it, it, that's that's where i was wanting to kind of touch with if if you guys are are really wanting to kind of know how things should be ran listen to the locals in a way um we're we're the ones that kind of know how things really are when when the game and fish or the biologists release numbers on counts of how many grizzly bears or how many elk or whatever are out there uh especially when it comes to to bears there's there's twice as many as what they release um it, it, that's a big fight out here uh, you know when it comes to wolves and bears it okay. is the feds trying to control that when they don't really know what's going on. Right. Well, and you know, I don't, Wyoming, I don't want to get too much on my high horse there, but Wyoming, Montana and Idaho have all been kind of fighting to try and get a season put together. And it's, it's been shot down multiple times. Yeah. We need, we definitely need one. You know, it's their, their problem, you know, and it makes it hard. A lot of guys won't even hunt the, you know, we got it's it's weird how it plays out, but we got certain mountain ranges here that have grizzlies, and then there's one mountain range that ha, that does not have grizzlies. So a lot of our locals go to the to the to the mountain without grizzlies. Of course, you know that's the smartest thing to do. You know, but there's some <laughs> there's some absolutely you know unreal country in the in the places where these grizzlies are at. And it's funny, I kind of wanted to jump in a in a story real quick. You know, you're talking about horses, and uh, and if grizzly bears are a problem with the horses. Uh, not last year, but the season before, me and a guy were up elk hunting, and you know it's a kind of an uneasy feeling when you go to sleep in your tent in your soft-sided tent with grizzly bear tracks in your camp, and when you got your horses tied up the tree. Me and Kyle were asleep one night, and I had our horses tied up. You can hear them out there rustling around, doing their thing. And about three in the morning, all of a sudden, you just hear your horses go nuts. That's not a good feeling. Yeah. That's not anything anybody wants to hear. 
in the backcountry. Especially so of course dark. we're both yeah, sleeping with our like... guns next to us, you know, forty uh, fours ready. So we're both in our underwear, of course, <laughs> and we come out of a tent in boots and underwear, guns drawn. That's not and, weird at all. You know, <laughs> 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 we I just see a lot of guys doing that on the porch. <laughs> It's crazy, man. You never know what's gonna happen up there. You always gotta be ready. You gotta always look behind your back and check everything out. So it's uh but then bears will never keep us out of the mountains. We'll be up there. That's wild, man. Literally that's wild. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And the worst we have to deal with here but, is uh, black bears and, and timber wolves and an occasional mountain lion. Um but it's yeah. also rare. Well, I mean, depending on far north. Some you of go. the areas that I've, I've I used to deer hunt though up north in the north woods, northwestern side of the state. It was every year I'd hear hear wolves or find the tracks from the pack, you know, just after I had walked through there. So, or yeah. bear tracks even. I mean, black bears more and more black bears every year. And my dad tells the story. He got treed by. He didn't get treed by. He was already in his tree, and then a sow rolled through with some cubs, and they were just gnawing on apples or whatever right below him. And he's like, "Well, I'm not getting down." She's with her cubs, you know. So he calls buddies. Uh, I don't. I think he walkie-talkied them. They were in range. I'm not sure how that happened because it was before cell phones, <laughs> and they're like, "We're at the bar already." <laughs> so like they're like we'll be there when we get there. Of course. And they eventually showed him like Rah! they ran through the woods and shot a bunch of rounds off and the bear ran off right. But they just let him kind of hang out for a while. They're like well if the bear's not threatening you just hang out. Well we're gonna drink another beer, you know. Yeah. But no that's well, that's well, what we got up here is is that I mean Levi have you done have you been have you ever hunted whitetail you you said uh, pronghorn mule deer elk have you done any whitetail hunting? I I've, I've done a little bit but. I mean, around here, everybody, and I've grown up this way, it, it's all spot and stock. Sure. So, I mean, and that's that's just how we, we roll. I mean, you might do a little bit of scouting here and there and, and whatnot, but nine times out of ten, you're just seeing what you can see in we spot got, and stock. we got some really nice spots out here, though. You there, do. There are, and they're they're definitely an underrated thing in this area because, I mean, we're just kind of mule deer hunters. You get on a river bottom here, and, and there's some, I mean, absolute stomper whitetails. Sure. Yeah, especially yeah. if you get in that that northeastern side of the state. Yeah, sure. Yeah, there's some some stomper white tails. I mean, I kind of got one looking over my shoulder right now. But <laughs> and hell, me and a me and a buddy, uh, again, Kyle, uh, we put in for a uh, a deer tag this year. It's a late season white tail tag, but what's cool about that in Wyoming, you can only kill one deer. Mm-hmm. You know, but under certain circumstances, like what me and Kyle did, we put in for a late season white tail tag and uh in a certain area and then you know if we draw that tag we can still hunt a general tag so we can kill two bucks and we're hopefully going to kill you know whitetail in november sometime but then earlier in the year about september we're going down to the wyoming range and going to chase mule deer in the back country so we're hoping to kill two bucks which is kind of you know a big deal for wyoming yeah that's but, uh, that's almost unheard of it in is. our area yeah is to shoot two bucks and what's funny is there's only 50 tags given out for the area we put in for for oh, wow. the So who knows? Hell, we'll cross our fingers, but sure. we'll at least get to hunt a deer no matter what. Yeah, I was uh, vacationing out in Wyoming, South Dakota last year in September, end of August, beginning of September. So we took our tour out of uh, Steerfish or Spearfish mm-hmm. Canyon, and uh, 
and went to Devil's Tower one day. And when we left there, we kind of took a, a roundabout back way back into Spearfish Canyon, and we weren't across the border yet. And I'm seeing whitetail everywhere, and there were some some dandies, yeah. you know, just some yeah, some awesome deer. Yeah, there's some fantastic whitetail hunting over in that area, and, and turkey hunting for that matter. And what's funny around here, a lot of people, the farmers, you know, everybody else, they want to get rid of the whitetails around here. Yeah, well, whitetails are almost a uh, invasive, you know, an invasive species. species. Yeah. They run the mule deer off, they, they cause problems, the mm. farmers want them dead. Sure. And everybody is, is deer purist. And, uh, but hell, me being a boy from Alabama, I want to kill the biggest damn whitetail there is. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, and I was, place, I'll shoot I don't care. I was amazed. I was amazed. I was driving, we were driving down the road. I had the family in the truck with me and, uh, we had a, a rainstorm come through and we had some of the awesome, some real awesome rainbows and stuff. But we, we kind of pulled over to look at, look at this rainbow. And I looked to the left and it was a field. It had an old, I don't know if somebody just didn't live at this house or whatever, but it was a field full of round bales and behind every round bale was three or four smaller bucks, does, and then they were just piling out of the out of the timber to come out onto these farm fields, and they were laying everywhere. Yeah. And like you said, you can tell farmers probably, and most of the locals aren't aren't real keen on them either because it's the purest thing to go chase mule deer or elk or pronghorn over a whitetail. They don't care about whitetails. So I, I just yeah, they, found it they awesome. kind of want them wiped out, and and where I hunt, where I hunt mule deer, we've kind of we we've got those whitetails kind of pushing into it, you know, and and they're even even though the whitetail deer are are body size smaller mm-hmm. than than a mule deer, they're they're much more aggressive, so so they'll start pushing mule deer out, and that's why we we kind of want to kind of keep them out of our higher range country especially well, they're also the the, the whitetails are breeding with mule deer does yeah so that we got a we've got a mix here also of, of whitetail mule that you know and, and it's a it's a different looking um horned deer i can you imagine know, they got different characteristics to them and it's pretty it's pretty dang cool yeah but it's it's not something that the locals like to be honest <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> what do you call well, those? Hell, what do you, you call those half-breed deer? You, can't you guys have a name for them? Go ahead. Do you guys have a name for the for the uh, crossbred? <laughs> not not officially, but we can make one up. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think. about what do you call them? Like a, a white muley? <laughs> yeah, white muley. That 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 might uh, raise some suspicion or. Uh, controversy muley tail right now yeah a muley tail yeah, maybe muley tail. i like that one a lot let's just go. keep it let's keep have, it have pc guys <laughs> sorry about that have y'all eaten have y'all eaten mule deer at all are y'all y'all because i know wisconsin y'all just eat strictly white tails but yeah that's all we have is white tail uh, i've yeah. never i've never had mule deer you know in in steak form i believe i've had it in burger and i'm sure it was mixed with beef or something, so you oh, yeah. couldn't really tell much of a difference. I've had some pretty exotic meats. My buddy uh, Shane, oh boy, here we go. His dad was like the president <laughs> for oh, some time of the Wisconsin chapter of Safari Club International, and so he's hunted all over the globe. He's got, I mean, his house is a freaking taxidermist wet dream. Um, I've had every, I've had so many meats going over there. I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you what the fuck I've eaten. I know for sure elk, maybe mule deer, definitely whitetail, but other some other ones that I can't even pronounce. 
There's like some African animal. I don't even know what that's called. You were eating heart of beast, weren't you? Yeah, pretty much. I bet it made a turd no matter what. No matter what it was. Yeah. That's right. That's funny. Man, you guys got some wild stories. So, you know, the reason I bring up, I'm asking if y'all ever eat meal there, you know, people around here are talking about, I got people that say, you know, whitetail is better than meal deer, this and that. Um, and, and honestly, you know, I think a steak is a steak, you know, it, it is what it is. But, you know, these whitetail hang out down here in the alfalfa fields and they eat corn and they eat alfalfa. And these mule deer, a lot of times in the high country, you know, they're eating, you know, grasses up high, you know, sagebrush, different things like that. And, and their meat tastes different. But, I mean, what do you think, Levi? Well, my experience is, is it's all how, one, how quickly you kill the animal. Um, I, I've had deer that I have not been so successful on killing them outright. Yeah. Um, and uh, need to I, go to the range. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely need to go to the range. Um, you know, and like I've you guys. had uh, tasted some animals that I haven't killed outright, and and that really I feel like takes an effect to how gamey that that meat tastes. I will and, uh, 100% agree with you, and my wife will even say, see, I told you so, because I've had the yeah. same experiences with whitetail. Um, it it sits too long, or you, you don't quite hit it where you want it to, and maybe you get something on that meat that you shouldn't have gotten on that meat, some sort of a bodily fluid, like bile. 100%. Uh-huh, yeah. Yep. And yeah. you hate to waste it. it but... It's all how you take care of it. And Correct. It's, and it's all how, you know, you process that meat. And plus, it, I mean, like we, we just discussed, um, it's how you, you you put down that animal. And, uh, I mean, what, last year I had I had a gorgeous mule deer buck, uh, a 5x5, five five, um, sorry for you Easterners or whatever, a five-point buck. Ten-pointer, baby. Ten-pointer. <laughs> 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 but <laughs> that's another discussion. Oh but, yeah. Um, I ended up doing a neck shot and paralyzing this buck, and I had my my daughter and myself taking poses of pictures on this buck, and I didn't really realize that 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 this buck was still really alive. Oh boy. And, and uh, sorry, but needless to say, I mean, I realized that that he was just paralyzed and breathing and. <laughs> And we put the buck out, you know, after I realized everything going on. But that buck was the terriblest tasting deer I've ever had. But you reflect back on, I reflect back on a year before that where I'd shot this big, giant, ruddy buck. You know, everybody says a ruddy buck tastes like crap. That that deer was, was delicious because I put it out. Yep. I, I you, you made it, an ethical, dead and that was it. You made a perfect ethical shot. It went down. You didn't have to track it far. Recovery was quick. You were able to dress it out right away yeah, and get it chilled. Yeah, he, he reared over backwards, and there he was dead, I mean, <laughs> as it ever could be. For some reason, that reminds me of the picture That's of the time thing. a deer stepped on a leg go in the wild. Do what now? So are we broke up for a second i'm just saying terrible jokes it i was is, like well that one didn't joke. land don't pay attention to everything he says what's the meme of a deer stepping on a lego and it's like some deer slipping on ice falling backwards freaking cracks me up oh, boy. 
Hey, my buddies tell me when I tell a bad joke. I'm not saying your joke was bad. <laughs> we didn't necessarily hear it. A dad joke. Yeah. But when I tell a bad joke, my, my hat goes back farther and farther. Every bad joke I say, once it falls off, it's time for me to go to bed. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Just from Say, I have two comments I want to call out here in the feed. Um, Elijah said, up until the past 10 years, his family used to always draw a tag. Uh, now it takes three years to draw a tag for the unit they hunt. And he wanted to say... There's only 20-ish out-of-state tags given out by the amount of whitetails and mule deer he's seen. It's, he said it's just unreal. He said he yeah, was hunting. I mean, he that, was, that all goes back to really paying attention to draw odds. And, you know, I, I hate to give a shout-out to a different app or whatever, but um, that, don't care. that hunt app, uh, you, you really got to pay attention to that kind of stuff. Uh, your draw odds and your quotas and i mean i mean that that just has a big deal to, to do with everything right well it's all game management they're they're taking a census of what's been shot and they try to do their best to take a census of what's alive and they say well you know what next year we can't have as many tags in this unit we gotta we gotta change something with that so yeah things yeah, are gonna change 100 yeah, percent and then Scott Clark said, uh, a rutting buck tastes like success. So, I would agree. <laughs> yeah. Damn right it does. Damn right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, not 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 to brag or, or stroke my ego too much, but, I mean, just, I mean, look look at that. You guys saw that picture of that buck. You shared the picture of that buck that I, sh- that I shot. I mean, it was a couple of years ago, but. I mean, that buck was rutting hard, and he was delicious. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I'll never forget that hunt with my dad. So, well, it sounds like a good time for y'all to share your most memorable hunts with us. You might have just gave it away. Uh, all right. So, I, I guess my most memorable hunt, aside from uh, from my mule deer hunt. Uh, was back in 2005, uh, 15 years ago now, uh, when when uh, my family and a good close to family friend, basically family, drew drew a tag, late season tag that they don't have any longer, and uh, we shot six six pointer better, uh, or or I guess twelve pointer better as you guys count. <laughs> um bull elk in three days so uh i mean that that was fantastic to experience um everything aside from one bull scored over 350 which i'm not a big score guy but um that is something to be said that is also the last year that we ever saw anything of that caliber ever happen there's a lot of people around here that will say that was the last last good year um because after that the wolves really took a toll toll to everything and just just to be able to experience that and i i mean what was crazy um see a 398 inch <laughs> bull elk killed and, and and you know four or five other 350 inch bull elk killed in three days it, it, I mean that's that's unheard of, um, you know. <laughs> that's a lot of I, memories I, I and a lot of success. A lot of meat. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of meat. That's a lot of 
corn. It's a lot of work. I mean, it's a lot of work. I was going to say, it's a lot, a lot of, of work. Fucking work. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It, That's why it tastes it, so it, good. It's unfathomable. You've earned it. You've earned every morsel of that freaking animal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're we're in the middle of packing out two bull elk, and it's right before, you know, right before shooting light ends, and this 385-inch bull elk steps out for my little brother to shoot for his bull elk. I mean, how, how many people can say that they have shot a 385-inch freaking bull elk, and, and it's their first one? I, I that's awesome. Well, it sounds I mean, like hunting's ruined it, for it, him. It's unfathomable. That's crazy. Yeah. I know a guy that but shot JD, a... JD, I mean... Go ahead. I was just going to say, I know a guy that... A young kid shot a 175-inch 14-pointer, and he's been chasing that ever since, and that was 15 years ago. That kid is now a man. He's now a man, and he's, <laughs> he hasn't, hasn't shot one that big since. So. Are, are you that man? No. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> I may great. have seen that deer a few times, but line. no, I didn't. I am that man, I bear pig. not that man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but, but J.D., you, you come, as I call a flatlander, or, you know, you southern boy. I mean, you, you've got a hell of a memorable hunt. Your first hunt on a, on a bull elk, anyway. Yeah. Um, so... It's an area, it's a general uh, public land area that... Or over-the-counter. Yeah, over-the-counter, whatever you want to call it. Me and a buddy, Kyle Holtworth, had been into two years in a row. But we've successfully, successfully got a bull both years. Uh, but this year, like I said, it was my first time to be able to, to put in and, and, and be a, a res, Wyoming resident and, and get to, to actually hunt an elk. So uh, me and Kyle, you know, we've been playing this for a long time. You know, all year long, the weather pushes back a couple of days past what we had originally planned on going. And we borrowed a couple of horses. Second year in a row, we borrowed a couple of horses from a, a lady here in town. And uh, so we, we take off and, and, you know, of course, as luck has it, uh, going up the first set of switchbacks, my horse decides to uh, lay down on me. And we, we're not, you know, a mile into this hike. Um, and, and she falls down. She lays on her belly. She's She's sick. I'm not sure what's going on with her. Well, I'll try and get her up. You know, long story short, my, my horse falls off the side of this mountain about, you know, quite a ways down, down the hill. So my, my gear is everywhere. Well, me and Kyle gather our stuff. We get this horse up. Surprisingly, we get her back to the trailer. We go back into town, and, and we sleep at, in town that night. We come back the next day, hike our ass off, work is, you know, do what we got to do to get up the mountain. We finally get up. Well, we're up there about three or four days. And uh, so, you know, we're hunting hard. This is an elk hunt. And uh, we fought an elk about a 1,000 yards from us, <clears throat> really big bull. Kyle's been hunting elk for a long time, and, and we're going to go in the next morning and chase this big bull. So we go in the next morning. We leave about 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, well before daylight. We get up this huge ridge. I mean, you talk about hiking your ass off. We get up to the top of this ridge. It gets daylight. Nothing. Nothing's going on. And, uh, you know, we're both just wore out. We've, we've, we've done what we've had to do to get there. And, uh, and so we're hanging out on the top of this ridge. And we, Kyle finally spots one of the cows. So he's freaking out. He's like, all right, we got, we got elk in here. So cows are just going through the timber one after another. 
And uh, he's like, look, man, I see a, a five-point, a little raggedy bull. Uh, let's get set up on this top ridge and uh, see what happens. So me and him are side by side, and uh, and he's ready. I'm ready. You know, we don't know if this big bull's in here or not, but uh, that raghorn's there. So he said, look, you know, if that big bull's not here, the raghorn's yours. I want you to kill your first bull. So, and we're filming this too. We filmed our whole hunt. You know, we got a YouTube video out, and it's uh, it, it's pretty cool. It's uh, I was I was really proud that we got that out there. But um, Kyle says, look, man, this, this bull is going to come through. You're going to have one shooting lane about five yards wide. You're going to pull the trigger. Uh, I'm going to cow call. And this bull comes through. He cow calls. And as he cow calls, simultaneously I pull the trigger, drop this five-point raghorn. And, uh, man, it was it was one of the most incredible hunts I've ever been in my life. Coming from Alabama, like Levi says, a flatlander. And uh, to go to the highest point, you know, and, and kill a bull in the back country was uh, something I'll never forget. And and the pack out, packing that bull about two miles down a couple of ridges and up and over back to camp is something I'll also never forget because I was in so much pain. I'll uh, I was hurting bad, <laughs> but we we got through it. We got back to camp. We had uh, fresh elk steaks, whiskey, and cigars. We celebrated, and it was one of those things that I'll remember the rest of my life. So. That was my most memorable hunt, and, and uh, I really enjoyed that. Look forward to, to this coming up season also. Dude, your freaking horse fell down the side of a mountain with your gear. What? Listen, listen, man. What? Okay, so this is... Uh, this, what do you do? Crazy, okay? I'd be like, fuck. So, this, horse was, this, horse was, this horse I thought was dead. And, and, and it was funny because there was another group of guys coming up behind us, and... Uh, the group behind us had this guy in, in the group that was just a complete badass. And he's like, look, man, you got – because I went down the mountain, told him what was going on. He's like – and I'm like, look, just give us a minute. We're going to get our horse together. We're going to get out of here. We're going to come back tomorrow. He's like, no, I'm coming up there with you. all We're going to check out what's going on. And I'm like, it's bad. <laughs> you know, it's really bad. Is this on the catwalk? Because this catwalk yeah. is something else. It's, 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 it's terrible. It's terrible. And he told me – he got up there, me and Kyle, he's like, you got to shoot that horse. But that's one and thing. I'm like, you got to shoot the freaking thing. Like, you're not carrying a horse out of the woods. Like, what? The horse carries you. <laughs> yeah, what are like, you going to do? Like, I couldn't even carry another human out hardly, you know? Yeah, and he's like, you got to shoot this horse. I'm like, look, man, this horse ain't mine. I ain't about to get off the mountain and tell the lady that I borrowed this horse from that I killed her horse. You know what I mean? I ain't going to pay for this horse. And he's like, go ahead and shoot it. I'm like, no, we're going to get her up. So I'm on that halter, dude. I'm, I'm fucking on that lead rope pulling as hard as I can. Kyle's behind it, pushing it. Finally, this horse gets up, and one way or another, we got her back to the trailer. It was the, it was the craziest. Was she like broken legs or what? Like what? What? Just lacerations from like. We took her. She had like a seizure, didn't she? No, no, no. She she ended up having colic. So I called the lady that owned her. Like twisted guts. Yeah, twisted guts. I called the lady. I said, "Look, your horse fell off the mountain. I'm gonna be straight up with you. Your horse (laughs) fell off the mountain." And we're heading back to town. She's like, okay, I'll meet you at the vet. So we took her to the vet. Horse had colic. The horse is still alive today. I'm glad the old boy didn't talk me into What's the horse's name? And, What's uh, the horse's name? So, but we got another horse, got up the mountain, killed an elk, went home. It was, oh, you know, wow. it was cool. I'm losing my but shit. What, what was the horse's yeah, name? Crazy. The horse's name? Fuck, man, I don't remember. Oh, God, you have to no remember name. that horse's name. you got to remember. It probably has several after that All trip. Right. Someone just said we, we, dick we horse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm 
mean Ashley? <laughs> Damn it, Ashley! Hell, I don't remember, dude. I, all I know is she about ruined the fucking hunt for us. We we made it happen. I'm never gonna forget this story. I was telling these guys on my podcast, and their fucking horse fell off the side of the phone because it got twisted up. And we think its name was Ashley. I don't know. It's probably Karen. Anything until you've seen a horse fall fall off the side of a mountain. Listen, man, it's not funny, but horse with all your with all your gear roll down a mountain and your gear is flying everywhere and you're like, fuck, I'm not getting off this mountain. Just yard sale, mountainside yard sale. Did you get in? Did you get your gear along the way? Like what? What? This is crazy. I I picked my shit up with um, uh, defeat. I was defeated at the moment. I've climbed down and up a couple of mountains, man. Like, it's no joke. man. But I couldn't imagine. (laughs) Oh, God. I almost went off the mountain in a a Jeep in Oregon. You got to get really good at animation and draw a cartoon of that. Oh, God. I'm losing it, dude. I'm crying. I'm crying. (laughs) So that being said, you guys want to come elk up? Hell yeah. 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 Let me just tell my wife who I'm going with. Hey, honey, I'm going to go with these guys. Don't worry. They're experts. They're fucking horse off a mountain. They handle it like like badasses. (laughs) They took the horse out the mountain. Anyway, we're not trying to talk you out of an elk hunt. But like I said earlier, get your ass in shape. Get ready for an elk hunt because it's going to be tough. Oh, boy. I'll be in shape. I'm not worried about that. Help me figure out how to do a draw for Wyoming, and, and you might have a deal. We might be shaking a hand right now. Hey, we got go. we got some over the counter tags we can hook you guys up with. So we'll say that right now. But sure, we don't want all the listeners to come find us. No, no, just <laughs> us. Just us. <laughs> and, and, a secret, possible. Yeah. But, yeah, well we I know mean, there's big white tail there know, if that, nothing else. That being said, I mean I mean, everything being said, I mean, Wyoming is kind of a promised land, but at the yeah. same time it's got its own devils. Yep. Yeah, it's cool. No, man, that's that's the part that I love is the adventure. I've been on some pretty big adventures, none like that. So it's one I'm looking forward to. Um, <laughs> for real, put a sidearm on. <laughs> Get ready. It's What's that? That's bear spray. Dude, that's a gun. No, no, no. That's lead bear spray. Yeah, 480 yeah, grains. Lead bear spray. I, I, I honestly, sorry, Wyoming Game and Fish, but I honestly hardly ever, ever, ever carry pepper spray. It is lead pepper spray. Don't worry, our podcast ain't that popular. They're never going to hear this. <laughs> Famous last words. <laughs> Maybe they should. We got a phone number. Watch them call in next time. Uh, excuse me, sir. This is the oh boy, game committee. I mean, uh, my last bull, uh, I shot. I shot this. Uh, I mean, a really nice bull. Not not being a jerk or anything, but I mean. Uh, shot a really nice bull and we were packing it out and we kind of come off, off on this ridge where we can see down below on the trailhead and I see all these game and fish trucks or, or game warden trucks and I'm going, oh shit. So I start kind of fishing around making sure I got my, my hunting license filled out, my conservation stamp, my, my hunter safety card, all that stuff as we're coming down the mountain and I'm going, this something ain't right somebody shot like a grizzly bear or something because because that's that's the only thing that would warrant that that many game and fish trucks i think we counted probably 15 that day oh geez i mean holy crap that or a search and rescue right like geez trucks. 
Yeah. Well, what ended up happening, and and I hope I don't get a target put on my back for saying this, but what ended up happening was a game warden who was out hunting on his own time and had his own tag ended up getting in between a grizzly bear and its cubs, as I understand it, and ended up shooting and killing a, a grizzly bear that attacked him. So, I mean, as I'm hauling out this elk, this is this is what I'm coming up against, and I'm kind of, you know, hey, what did I do? paranoid that way. Yeah. Did I do something wrong? Were they watching me, this elk? Yeah, like, oh, oh, man, they really called out the Calvary. Crazy. Crazy. You guys, thank you for being on the show. How do folks find your stuff, your content? What's Where should they go? Uh, I mean, come on Instagram, look at poll the letter N feathers, uh, on Instagram, same thing with Facebook. Um, I'm also without plugging it too much. I also make uh, custom game calls at Crandall C R A N D A L L Creek or Crick <laughs> depends on where you're from. Yeah. <laughs> you got the problem here. Yeah. Creek C R E E K calls. Um, I mean, I'm on Instagram or Facebook, and then we got old JD over here. JD Henderson Nine is my Instagram name. Uh, hell, check it out if you want. Hell yeah! <laughs> you don't have to if you don't want to. Check it out. <laughs> Someone will check it out. There'll be like one dude, he'll be like the weird dude that listens to our show. Like, <sighs> hey, hell, I heard everything, that and that one person is Greg. Right <laughs> He's sitting right across from me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, even the weird ones. We'll take them extra weird. Now, thanks so much for being on the show, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We're going to end the live feed. We'll keep you guys on for a minute to debrief. But uh, everybody, thanks so much for tuning in today. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you. Hey, welcome to our news segment of this show, and this is brought to you by eHunter. Head on over to eHunter.com. That's eHunt and the letter R. eHunter stands for Electronic Hunt Resource. It is your go-to site for anything and everything hunting related. eHunter is the last one-stop shop resource you will ever need. And this week, those guys were super duper busy, and uh, we'll hear from them next week. But I did want to call out one of their articles from May 29th, the 2020 Wisconsin elk season. It's very relevant to us here in Wisconsin, where I'm at. Uh, The 2020 Wisconsin elk season application deadline uh, ended on Sunday, uh, May 31st, and it marks the third managed elk hunt in Wisconsin history. So some information for you guys and gals that might not know, and if you do, then I'll just repeat it. And the... Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources, a.k.a. the DNR, has set forth the following kind of rules, regulations, or what have you. Uh, the application period does run from March 1st to May 31st. So if you missed it, sorry about that. Uh, only Wisconsin residents can apply for this, and the application fee is only $10. Uh, the tag levels, uh, as far as 2020's quota is concerned, there's 10 bulls from the Northern Elk Range. Of the 10 tags available, half will be issued to state hunters, and the other half will be utilized by members of the Obajibui <laughs> tribes. Darn it. Uh, according to the treaty rights, drawing results are available in mid 
June, so stand by for everyone that applied. Hunting dates run from October 17th to November 15th. And uh, then again, December 10th to the 18th. And that's uh, for 2020. The license fee is $49, and one tag will be awarded through a raffle by the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. Successful successful applicants will take a mandatory elk hunter orientation prior to being issued their license and tag, and then $7 from every $10 application fee, as well as proceeds from the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, RMEF, raffle, are earmarked for elk management and research in Wisconsin. There are a couple other requirements Applicants will be notified whether they have drawn the tag early in June. However, a prerequisite to obtaining the $49 elk hunting license is mandatory participation in the elk hunter education program. And that's in early September. The training covers regulations, hunting techniques, and more. Uh, Although our state's central elk herd has grown steadily since reintroduction in 2015, the 2020 hunting season will only occur for the northern elk herd. And then the first two years of Wisconsin elk hunting seasons, 2018 and 19, uh, for those that didn't know, generated over $400,000. It's almost half a million dollars. And then those funds work to enhance that elk habitat, which benefits all other wildlife in central and northern Wisconsin. Additionally, the funding contributes to ongoing elk research, monitoring, and land access. More than 60,000 Wisconsin residents applied during the first two years. So... Um, if you've taken an elk in Wisconsin, I'd love to hear the story. The guys over at eHunter would also love to hear that story. So if you're one of those people, or if you know someone, uh, send us a message or send them a message and, uh, let's chat. Let's get into our, uh, next segment. All right. The tip of the week. If you've made it this far, you know, you're a diehard to hunt podcast listener and thank you so much and for all those diehards don't forget that we have a patreon membership program going on for a big giveaway uh every single three months single three months every three months we'll be doing a a nice size giveaway to all of our patreon members and uh, we had a couple more subscribers or uh what have you sign up recently and we are now going or we just added that we're going to be giving away a uh tethered phantom uh, saddle hunting system. So if that's something you might want to win along with the other bunch, man, my words, a bunch of other awesome stuff, head on over to Patreon, uh, and search where to hunt podcast or follow the link in our Instagram bio or send me a message and I'll help you out. Uh, that being said, make sure you head on over to deervane.com and uh, wave hello at our friend, Anthony Heller, subscribe to his YouTube channel and their podcast as well. And let's hear what Anthony has to say for our tip of the week this week. As always, hope you guys enjoyed that episode. And thanks again for sticking around to all the way to the very end. Uh, this week's tip of the week is to get out and do some competitive shooting this summer. Whether you're uh, archery or gun, you're shooting with people you don't know in an actual formalized competition or just getting out and shooting with some buddies. Having that extra pressure of having people watch you execute your shot whether it's like i said archery or gun uh it's just another way for you to get better in high pressure scenarios and it also puts you in different scenarios that you're not used to which a lot of the times is what happens in the hunting woods it's very rare that a deer or a turkey or a squirrel or rabbit whatever you're chasing just reads the script it's pretty rare all the time they come in from an area you didn't think about you know, an area that you're not comfortable with, where you're not used to, 
and there's always the pressure of making the shot in the moment, right on cue, right on time, and in the perfect way. So getting out there doing some competitive shooting can really help at least somewhat uh, get close to that same experience and put you in some high pressure scenarios. Hope it helps guys and enjoy your summer. So the funny thing about that whole shooting competition thing, you are absolutely correct about having some sense of pressure from others watching you. It can definitely help build your confidence if you are lacking that or haven't shot that way. And then the different uh, kind of scenarios that are laid out in front of you on 3D ranges, you know, some of them are fairly dynamic. So it's a good way to test yourself a little bit more in some different scenarios rather than just shooting at a block in your backyard. Uh, I went and joined Greg Tubbs for a shoot at Whale Tails in Dousman. And at the time I hadn't had any, I'd run out of arrows from the seasons prior. <laughs> and I was like, shit. So I bought some arrows from those guys. And uh, I think the, the rancher would call them Twizzlers for sure. And I've since made some changes. Thanks, Vector. Um, but I did okay. And I, and it was really fun, honestly. And I really appreciated the dynamic kind of, um, you know, way to shoot at things and the camaraderie was fun and it, it was cool to, to have some pressure, so to speak. So great tip. And uh, everybody, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for the feedback, the reviews, the ratings, the Patreon signing ups. Uh, we have a lot going on. If you have any questions about anything or you want to participate in providing a memorable hunt or a shot of the week, send me a message and we'll set something up to capture that conversation. Would love to hear from everybody. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Have a great week and uh, hunt public.